Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Mandy Bishop. I am the CEO, Chief Evangelist, and co-founder of Aloha Health, and I'm very excited to have with me Jeannie Pinder, who is the founder and CEO of clearhealthcosts.com. So Jeannie's a lifelong journalist. She was at the New York Times as an editor, a reporter, and a human resources executive for 25 years. She left and founded this startup, which is based on health cost transparency. A fun fact, as we get to talk to Jeannie, she is fluent in Russian and used to live in what was then the Soviet Union, a place she says is not as opaque as the healthcare marketplace. Welcome to the podcast, Jeannie. Thanks for having me, Mandy. It's great to be here. I'm so happy that you were able to join us. So tell us about Clear Health Costs. What was the driving force that got you started in solving this problem? So people don't know what stuff costs in healthcare. Everybody I talk to has a story about this, and yet there's no solution. In fact, in the five years since we started doing this, healthcare spending has continued to go up. More and more is coming out of individuals' pockets in the form of high deductibles and coinsurance, and still nobody knows what stuff costs. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. And, and I hear stories about this all the time. Was there one story in particular? Was there one event that kind of made you go, aha, I've got to tackle this problem? Well, you know, I've always been a careful consumer. Um, at one point, uh, I had, um, in my family, we had three half-hour-long surgical experiences in the space of 14 months. So I had some information that I could use to compare prices. For those three half-hour surgical experiences, one at a New York City area ambulatory surgical care center, one at a New York City teaching hospital, and one at a small suburban hospital, the anesthesia bills were 2000 2000 and 6000 Wow. And in the $6,000 one, the final one, uh, about 1500 was going to land on me. They were all in-network hospitals. So being a journalist, being a careful consumer, I did some research, and I determined that I was being charged $1,419 for a generic anti-nausea medication used commonly in anesthetics that could be purchased for $2.47. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and sadly, that isn't unique, right? Your story isn't unique. I'm sure that you're finding that this is happening more and more across the country everywhere. Right. And because most people don't have comparable comparative information or don't have the um, resources to do the kind of search that I did to find this out. So that was one of our sort of founding epiphanies was that if this could happen to me, as you point out, it could happen to a bunch of other people. So um, as you know how I got started, I've been a journalist all my life. Um, I was at the New York Times for almost 25 years. I volunteered for a buyout in 2009. Within about a year, I had won $20,000 in a Shark Tank type pitch contest in front of a jury of New York City venture capitalists and internet illuminati (laughs) on the idea that I could actually help people understand what stuff costs in healthcare. Nice. Congratulations. That's a great, that's a great story and a great start. And it's nice to get that kind of validation from venture capitalists in particular, right? They like, there's a, there's a valid need for this service. Right. Yeah. It's excellent. It's not just, it's not, this is not something that's a a niche. 
how do you go about gathering the pricing information? Because I know it's very hard for us to get that, right? So how do you go about gathering this information and curating it for your customers? Yeah, so what we do, um, we're journalists. Um, what we do is we conduct a pricing survey of providers. We actually survey providers by asking them for their cash or self-pay prices for a range of common shoppable procedures. And that's interesting to us because the cash price is actually what a willing buyer and a willing seller will accept, will, um, accept in the marketplace. The second thing that we do is we do um, database curation and sourcing. So we look at various databases and decide, do we care about this information? Is it useful? Is it actionable? Um, for example, the Medicare charge data that was released by CMS is sort of interesting, but it's not really actionable. What we care about is the Medicare reimbursement rate right. as calculated by CMS for any one of the 8,400 HCPCS codes in any one of the 90 Medicare regions across this great wide land of ours. Because that Medicare reimbursement rate is actually the closest thing to a fixed or benchmark price in the marketplace. And then our third source of information is crowdsourcing. We partner with media organizations and others to uh, build software that allows and encourages our community members to contribute their information about what they were charged, what did insurance pay, what did they pay, and how did they feel about it? Very interesting. I'm sure. And, and I know in the crowdsourcing beyond leveraging media partners, I have seen you interact with our community at large, right? The healthcare industry leaders at large to have them help in crowdsourcing and kind of amplifying that message to come uh, and query their friends and their families and their extended connections outside of the industry to get pricing information for procedures in new areas, right? Like, is that how effective are you seeing the crowdsourcing effort in conjunction with your other uh, avenues? It's been pr uh, pretty interesting because we're able to talk directly to uh, patients, consumers, or as we like to call them, people, about what's happening in the marketplace. What are their experiences? What are they doing? What are they feeling? What are they paying? What are they seeing? So we have this very broad, very interesting, uh, very rich source of not only numbers about the prices, but actually people's um, feelings, their reactions, and what they want to tell us about their experiences. People are angry, Mandy. They're angry. They're upset. Um, they're confused. But more than anything, they really are upset that um, they're being asked to pay these incredibly high prices. And often they don't find out about it until months later. Of course. Yes, I see this myself when I try to help my friends. I've recently, as you know, have been involved in helping friends um, look at their bills after the fact and look at their claims and look at their appeals. And, and you mentioned the, the H. CPCS, the Hicks Picks, right? And I know that on your yeah. website, clearhealthcost.com, you talk a lot about alphabet soup and about how confusing it can be to navigate the alphabet soup that's involved in pricing and costs in the insurance industry and in healthcare in general. Can you tell me a little bit about those, you know, those alphabets, all of those acronyms that we tend to use and how they might uh, play into consumer information accessibility? and how to, help, you know, how to help navigate the alphabet soup. 
Right. So people are really confused by these five-digit codes when they surface, and sometimes the codes don't surface at all. So consumers are sort of out there going, I had an MRI, but I don't know what kind of MRI, and I don't know what I was supposed to pay for it or what I was charged for it. And when they encounter this sort of bewildering welter of HCPCS, CPT, ICD-9, ICD-10, DRG, LSD, LBJ, <laughs> OCD, ADD, <laughs> my head hurts. I can't figure any of this out. So we think that one of our most important functions here at Clear Health Costs is to help educate people about that. So if you go on our website and you look at the search tool at the top of our front page, it works on natural language. So if you type in MRI, you get a bunch of MRIs and you can pick a body part, but supplied next to the name of the MRI and the body part is the HCPCS code. So that you now actually have learned something about the healthcare marketplace, about billing and coding, which is something that maybe you never really knew you needed to know. Um, you can type in cardio stress test and it will give you five HCPCS codes for the five separate kinds of cardio stress tests. But we've actually educated you by doing that and made it easier for you to navigate the tricky shoals of the healthcare marketplace. I think it's critically important that education, right? We talk a lot about health literacy and in terms of accountable care, improving and increasing the level of healthcare literacy beyond health literacy within um, within our country is going to be important for us to be able to understand and navigate this system and especially with the growing complexities that we anticipate. But when we think about pricing and we think you said earlier that not knowing in advance how much something costs, even if I have the Hicks picks and the CPTs that are associated with a procedure that I'm about to undergo, is it likely that I can take that information to the provider and have them tell me in advance how much that's going to cost? You know, it's never that easy. So what we hear a lot from people is that they um, go to a provider and say, how much will this cost? And the provider says, well, we don't know. Ask the, ask the insurance company. Then they go to the insurance company and the insurance company says, well, we don't know. Ask the provider. So you have this sort of circular argument where individuals really don't have anything that they can grab onto in the marketplace to figure stuff out. Yeah. That's why we think our information allows people, like let's say an MRI. So uh, one of our partnerships in uh, San Francisco with KQED Public Radio, we found that a simple MRI of the lower back could cost as little as $400 or as much as $6,221. That's a huge discrepancy, especially for the same market. Yeah, it is. And also, um, insur uninsured people could be paying less than insured people, which is a huge revelation to a lot of folks. So what we do by supplying this information, even though it doesn't tell you everything you need to know, like exactly how much are you going to pay at this provider with your deductible, the status of your coinsurance or whatever, we don't tell you that, but then neither does your insurance company. So what we supply is a, a responsible, comprehensive, although it's not an exhaustive survey, it's a representative survey of pricing information so that people could go into a doctor's office or a provider's office and say, okay, you wanted me to have an MRI. You sent me to the $6,221 place. It says here on clearhealthcost.com, that's how much I'm going to get charged. 
could I go to the $450 place? Would that be okay? <laughs> having that conversation, you can start out with information that um, allows you to have a more fruitful conversation than what you can have now. Absolutely. And now if I'm the purveyor of the $6,000 MRI uh, and, and I know that that information is being made available, it, it might, I, I might not feel very incented to publish my pricing if I know that it's going to become public and if I know that this, you know, that this type of transparency is going to happen in my marketplace. But is that a barrier? What do, you, what do you find your biggest barriers are to getting this type of pricing information and being able to publish it? So it's interesting, when we started out doing this in 2011, we had a, a much harder time getting these cash prices. Uh, we learned how to do our survey better, and increasingly because more and more people are being subjected to this um, high deductible, high coinsurance, higher um, cash outlays, we find that providers have, more and more providers actually have this information ready at their fingertips. We think that's because providers are having a hard time collecting um, and, and also because um, there's so much conversation about the rising cost of healthcare now that there's, it's no longer tenable to preserve the kind of secrecy and opacity that did exist in the marketplace. Transparency is coming like a freight train and any provider or payer who's not paying attention to that is gonna lose out. I absolutely agree. And I think that especially as we continue to move down the path from fee-for-service to value-based care, you know, we're going to see more and more transparency begin to be required in order to be competitive in the system, right? It very, it's very tough to have a capitated model if you don't, uh, if you don't disclose the dollars involved because the, to help reduce costs for all players involved, it's necessary to understand what those costs are and what are the fees and, and how risk is divided amongst the players. Um, I'm really interested to understand beyond the barriers of getting the information from the providers and from the insurers, you know, what do you think are the greatest challenges that the patients themselves, like the, the broader patient population? So thinking about all of the people who are impacted by the healthcare system who are beyond um, people like us who are industry insiders and know how to navigate this space, like what do you think the greatest challenges are for all patients everywhere and being able to effectively use this information to effectively navigate the, the cost and pricing information that, that may be available to them? Yeah, that's a great question. So consumers are baffled by this whole thing. Uh, we understand that there is a sort of an idea of consumer-directed health plans, but if you don't give consumers real live tools that they can use, then they're not only baffled, but they're also upset and angry. Um, the other thing that we're seeing, separate from the industry insider perspective, we're seeing consumers who are getting out there and saying, I want to make choices. I want to choose away from that $6,000 MRI. I want to be a partner with my healthcare provider and choose a different, uh, potentially different course of action from what he or she recommended. And that's only going to increase with time, regardless of anything that has to do with the future of the Affordable Care Act, with capitated payments, with the new administration, with anything. Consumer choice or people's choice is only going to expand. And what we really all need to do is to pay attention to that and hold that as our true north. Because not only is it good for business, it's also the right thing to do. And that's the biggest reason. 
Absolutely. And so in order to continue down this path you know, of, of being able to capture the pricing information, being able to curate that information, um, and then being able to educate the public on the information that's available and how to understand it, right? How to, how to be able to use that information effectively. Um, you have to be able to get the word out. You have to be able to get the word out to the people that these services are available and that they can not just benefit from the services, but that they can continue to contribute in that virtuous circle of providing information about the, the healthcare costs in their area uh, and, and being able to benefit from that. How do you work with local and national media to get the word out? Like, how do you publicize that this information is available? This is a great resource and, and we can help you become um, more effective consumers of healthcare. Right, so, so we partner up with big media organizations and others in the following fashion. We build interactive software that we place on our partners' websites that not only displays the pricing information that we've collected, that provider survey, also data about the Medicare reimbursement rate, but it also allows and encourages our community members to come on over with their explanation of benefits, their bills, and to tell us what they were charged for an MRI, a colonoscopy, or anything that happened to them in the healthcare marketplace. Who was the provider? Who was the payer? What were they charged? What did they pay? What did the insurance company pay? And how did they feel about it? So we put that on our partners' websites. We're now um, partnering with KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, KPCC in Los Angeles, WHYY in Philadelphia is another partner, WLRN Public Radio in Miami, WUSF in Tampa St. Pete, and their partnership, Health News Florida. So we place this on their websites, and then we uh, go on the air and say, hey, come on over and share your prices. With the software on their websites, people can come and share and search 24-7. We get about uh, 10 searches for every share that somebody actually went and got their EOB and in place in, uh, imparted information to us. And then with that data, we go and build great journalism. Like, why would an MRI cost anywhere from $400 to $6,221 in San Francisco? And what can you do about it as a consumer? How about the colonoscopies? Aren't they all supposed to be free under the Affordable Care Act? Why are people getting charged for their colonoscopies? And what can you do about it? So to give people real actionable news stories, analysis and information that they could use. And then when we go on the air, perhaps with somebody who's shared information with us, we then call people to come back over to the tool and share or search. And that's our virtuous circle. That's excellent. And when you're talking about the sharing, you just mentioned something that, that hit me. When they're sharing their EOB and they're sharing, they're sharing their provider information and they're sharing their bill, could you tell me about that process? Um, how, much, how much knowledge does the person who's sharing information need to, to have about the item that they're holding, right? So about an EOB versus how much of that is, is generated by your team? So if I just upload my EOB, are you able to extrapolate the information that you need? Yeah, we decided um, that we were going to ask people to look at their EOBs themselves and to fill in the, um, the blanks in our search tool rather than sending us their EOBs. 
as you know, the EOBs can be very confusing. Um, I actually had an insurance industry executive tell me one time, we intentionally make them confusing so that people <laughs> cannot figure them out. Oh, geez. Uh, but you can imagine from our perspective, if we were suddenly um, confronted with the possibility of, of having to parse and analyze a thousand separate EOBs, that it would be a difficult task for us at best. We do ask people um, after they share, we ask them to analyze their, their EOBs, fill in the little boxes, give us their email address so that we can get back to them and see their EOB if we want to for confirmation. But we place the, it's, it's a sort of a, um, a community effort to understand this. We place the responsibility for understanding the EOB on the individual. And boy, have we seen some interesting EOBs. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Yes, they are very confusing, even for someone who's worked in the insurance industry for almost 20 years. It can be uh, incredibly complex, especially with all of the reason codes and the additional notes. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. yes, I can, I can definitely understand what you're doing is, is so necessary. Do you think that the new White House administration is going to have an impact on transparency? You know, do, you, do you think that there's going to be a movement towards more transparency as a result of this new administration? Do you think that um, there might be a step backward you know, I think that regardless of what the new administration does, and, and because we don't really know, I mean, it's kind of murky at this stage, is there going to be a repeal of the ACA, repeal and replace, replace with what, when, how? Um, I think if we step back from that for a second and look at the general trends in the industry, we are going to see more demand for um, transparency, more demand for value-based payments so that um, the uh, best care at the best price is gonna be more and more important. Also, we're gonna see more consumer choice. The second point regarding um, what the actual administration, what the administration will actually do, since we don't know right now, I, what we're seeing here is a lot of chaos and murk in the marketplace so that um, individuals and entities are unsure of uh, what their insurance is gonna be or what their payment system is gonna look like. And gazing into that crystal ball for everybody has just meant that an already chaotic system has become even more chaotic. And crucially important for us to keep our eyes on the prize and to encourage that transparency in any way we possibly can. Absolutely. And, and on that, for, you know, for your organization and then those partnerships with local and national media to make sure people know what you're doing and they know that not just this resource for pricing, but that an educational resource to help them understand the healthcare system information that they're given on a regular basis, that those, those resources are available to them and, and out there uh, and can help. Right. And we also are uh, partnering with um, entities inside of the healthcare marketplace to encourage that. We have a range of uh, custom solutions and also um, some really interesting data sets that we're partnering with others outside of the news media constellation. So uh, we're always looking for like-minded people to um, share, share these opportunities with. Excellent. 
Well, I want to thank you so much. We're coming to the, the end of our time, and I really appreciate you being here with us, Jeannie. And if you would like to learn more about Clear Health Costs, go to www.clearhealthcosts.com. Thank you so much, Jeannie. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Mindy. Talk soon.